to bless his name with all your heart this morning that you count him worthy amen he's the worthy lamb he's the almighty God he's the prince of peace the everlasting father the one we believe this morning with all our heart how many's got a need on your heart and life you all my hands everywhere Jesus knows just lift it to him just right now and just say God don't pass me by. I need you. I need you. Father, you know our needs, oh God, and the great desires that we have in our hearts. Our desire, Lord, to serve you with everything within us. And we're here today. We're here. We're prepared for battle. We're here, Lord, agreeing together with the Word of God and knowing heavens and earth will pass away but your word will never fail we have utmost confidence in you and what you've said in your word and knowing it is for us and to us it is yes and amen father we take great comfort knowing that you already know the end from the beginning and you have it planned out for our lives and father there is nothing that can happen to us except lord that you've allowed it to come in our path and if you have allowed it to come in our path between here and the throne then we know that just like david with his throne goliath in the path the goliath's gonna fall i pray lord for healing and deliverance for your children there were hands went up everywhere and even overseas and different ones that are listening in Lord, in little homes and little places, they've already had their service today, and now it's evening time there, and over into different ones that are gathered and listening. Lord, the ones just let us know they're there from South Africa, and needs that are there in their midst. Hearing, oh God, from a brother Stephen Francis this week of the turmoil there, and then him and his wife hospitalized for COVID. Lord, will you have mercy upon your people everywhere, whatever need that there is, Lord. There's many needs. There are, there's so many that write and say, I, I've got a need for this, or I've got this problem, and I'm desperate. There are those, Lord, that are just looking maybe for the bread to feed their family today. I pray, God, you'll supply every need today. Bring healing and deliverance to your children. Lord, I, I think, oh God, of, of those that have just texted me as I walked out, Brother Busbosi from Uganda, and the missionary work in Ethiopia and Uganda and other places. Father, you're calling your bride. You're speaking to your people. We want to thank you of a new work in Ethiopia that is raised up and a new church, and they're assembling together and had their first service today, Lord. What a wonderful thing, Lord, to know the, the, the word is going to every nation, kindred, tongue, and tribe, and people. Lord, we thank you, Father, for everyone, those that are listening in today. May you speak to them, those that are sick, and, and Lord, our, our own church family, some of them can't be here in the service, some in hospitals, 
some there in, in uh, their home and up in age and can't travel. But Lord, you know every need. I pray, God, that you'll speak to them today. May faith come into their heart to believe the word of promise. May the weak say, I am strong. May the poor say, I am rich. May they know, Lord, they're rich because they've got a mighty God on their side meeting their need, Father. And for every hand that was lifted to you, speak, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for the wonderful songs and the choir singing, the youth choir, and my each one that has worshiped the Lord today and your songs of praise. And thank you, Brother Timothy, for such a wonderful song service producing such an atmosphere. And we are believers. Are we not believers? Amen. We believe God's word and we know it is true. Sometimes you look into the Bible and you say, well, you know, this was written at another time or maybe to another person or probably David wrote this for himself or maybe this was uh, Jonah um, and his story and, or maybe um, Moses at the Red Sea. And so how is that applicable to me today? But you know, Jesus himself defeated the devil with words that were written. Amen. It wasn't a direct word coming out of the heavens and, and him speaking and, okay, so I have a new word from God. He went right to the scripture and defeated the devil with it. And then he lived by that. And he said, search the scriptures. And he said this to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you search the scriptures. Now, he said, um, in them you have eternal life. This is where your eternal life lays. But he said, they are they that testify of me. Right? And so that, that's the way we stand as the bride of Christ today is that the word testifies of us. Well, when, you, when we read the Bible, it's not something speaking to thousands of years ago, though it was pertinent to them at that time. But Jesus, when he would look toward Calvary, he would quote David, and he would said, you know, knowing that um, he would not leave his soul in hell, neither would he allow his Holy One to see corruption. And there he gave faith, had faith on what the Word said of him. He would look back at characters in the Scriptures, and he'd say, as Jonas was in the belly of the well, Three days and three nights, so will the Son of the Man be in the heart of the earth. So what did he do? He looked back at the Scripture, and he looked back in the types, and he placed himself right there in that moment and time. Amen. God bless you. Amen. I just happened to realize Brother Kenneth Middleton is here this morning. God bless you, Brother Kenneth. He told me in the hospital, I'll see you Sunday. And he said, if it isn't this Sunday and he didn't get to make it, he said, it'll be the next Sunday. Amen. So here's a man that's been released from the hospital. Uh, and, um, you know, where he's been fighting all kinds of afflictions and had me lay his hands on his feet that was so big. I'll be honest with you, they didn't look like feet. 
They had lost all description of feet. They were so swollen out, really big. And we laid our hands on that, and the next day, come back to visit him, and they were all back down normal again. <laughs> Amen. God's still God. Amen. And he's raised him up one more time to give testimony uh, that Jesus heals. Amen. Do you ever read your Bible? You do? How many is, well, I won't even ask that, but if you've never read your Bible through, I mean, come on. You can't say you believe the Word of God and, and you don't read your Bible. Amen. Brother Kenneth Middleton shared with me, he has read his Bible through 50 times. Amen. So, you know, that takes away all our excuse. He still goes to work and, you know, thing, and, and, um, and holds down a job. So, you know, if he can read it 50 times, you know, maybe you can get it once. Huh? Amen. Set your goal to read your Bible. Last Sunday, I spoke on some things and I did some preaching, teaching. And uh, some, uh, some may feel like um, you just about drowned. Well, I'll tell you how to get your footing. Get in there. We taught the church age book to this church twice. Through from one paragraph to the other. Sometimes we take a sentence and preach a whole sermon. It took us a year, year and a half to, to get through it both times. And I taught the church uh, that twice. If you have missed that, you've never read the church age book, start with the exposition of the church age book and you read it through. And you say, well, I don't have one. In the library, there's one, pick one up. Also, there's a whole set of Brother Branham's sermons there on a little, it's not even a thumb drive, it's a, what do they call it, a CD? No, it's an SD card. And you can just slip it in your computer and you can, you can search, you can listen, you can enjoy, you can load it on your phone. You know, you, you're without excuse. And then, if, you know, then God was so gracious in this day that he opened up the seven seals. Do you know how privileged you are to know the seven thunder mystery of God? That the truth that was sealed away in times past, we now have the revelation, the understanding of those seven seals. And they were given to a prophet of God, sent by, and by the angels of God, brought to us in this generation. And I want to challenge you, if you've not read the seal book, well, you know, get the seal book. We got them in the library. If not, you can order them online. There's no excuse for not going through them, to, for being a part, you know. And when I preach, I don't want to drown anybody, but we have a responsibility for a message in this day. So we're going, sometimes we'll go into waters of swimming that's going to be over your head. But you won't drown if you learned how to swim. Amen? So it's waters to swim in. God bless you. So I'm just encouraging you, get into the Word. Amen? Listen to what God told us in our age, in our time. You know, don't, don't miss anything that God has done. Right? All right, because it's really important. It ought to be your ambition and your goal. I'm going to know everything God spoke to this generation because I'm responsible. He sent me a message, and I'm going to pour my heart over it and let it just saturate my being. Amen. You feed daily on the Word of God. 
First John 3 and verse 1, pastoral um, words there this morning to start with. And uh, I'm going to do some preaching this morning. And um, so we, we want to try to go in as the depths that we did, but it's still going to be some very, very important things and, um, for you to grasp. And so go with me to 1 John chapter 3 and 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for he shall, we shall see him as he is. And then 1 John 4 and verse 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Now, Brother Branham told us in perfect faith, he said uh, he was preaching on perfect faith to try to get the church into a place where we could really see apostolic times moving among us. He said, that's what we all hunger, and it's laying right at the door. We see it, but we want to see more of it. We want it such a flow that it'll be a help to us and to flow out to others. And this is a whole thing. In fact, the matter is, this is why that we constantly are being attacked because we are making a public stance against the devil and his and his uh, uh, angels. Now, so we, we are wanting today to speak on sonship restored. Now, I'm not going to go back through what I preached last Sunday, but we ought to be able to see by the opening of the seven seals and the handing of the title deed to us that it is restoring us to a place of sonship. What um, the first age enjoyed, Paul, Peter, James, John, um, a full status of sonship that God has brought, brought us back to that same place in this day and hour. And of course, that opens it up where we can see apostolic times. Now, we, according to the scriptures, are positioned with him as sons of God without blemish, with power and authority. Now, this title of sonship is a more than just a title, it is a throne and a dominion. Ephesians 2, 1, he hath made us alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Verse 6 said, he hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Paul is showing us, you know, in Ephesians 1 especially, where he shows that he... Um, paid the price for redemption, and he ascended on high. And, and there he shows him seated at the right hand of the Father, far above every evil spirit, far above every demon or fallen angel or every evil spiritual being that exists. Now, as we have been through it and talking about our seed of position, I do want to remind you that in a kingdom, being seated at the right hand of the king is the very highest position that is available. There is no higher rank than to be seated, seated with the king. 
And the kingdom of God, we know, is the greatest kingdom. So there is nothing higher than this position that we have been placed in. Being seated at his right hand is to be in a place of unmatched authority. Jesus is uh, shown as being at the Father's right hand, and, and it's, again, it's not a second, he's not a second God sitting next to a major God, but it's simply the human representation of Almighty God that sits in, at his right hand, meaning in power and authority. And Jesus has absolute, unconditional authority over spirits, over all spirits. And this also brings us to the place that as we are seated with him, that it gives us unconditional authority over all spirits as well. So Brother Branham would show us as a redeemed son, as a, a could I call him a forerunner, one who would show, would be, God would use to foreshadow and forerun a coming bride. Do you, do you realize he foreran your coming? Because this is the bride coming of Christ. He's not, he's not just foreranning the coming of Christ where we'll meet him in the air, but he is for, he forerun the bride coming of Christ. And he showed, he was shown as an example of a sheath wave as it were, to show as he, the word through his ministry was waved over us, showing the rest of the crop is going to be exactly like the original sheath. Are you with me? Amen. So again, as we're looking at this, we want to understand where we are seated at in Christ Jesus. Now, we've been preaching using the scene of Revelation 12 that pictures the end-time battle where Satan is cast out and um, as the accuser of the brethren. And I want to declare to you, today he has no more right to accuse you. He may accuse, but he has no right to accuse you. You have been declared that the case is dismissed, that the token has been applied, that the blood has destroyed every evidence of sin, every fragment of sin, and you stand before him today as you were in God's mind before the foundation of the world, and this is why the prophet could say, you never did it in the first place. And so you see, we, we are here in that place where, where these evil spirits that are identified in Ephesians 6, principalities and rules and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places or heavenly places, that we're right here in battle against them. And the casting out of Satan is done as the bride recognizes her position in Christ. Amen. The Bible said in, in, in Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives to the death. So they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now she, the bride is a queen, but it's more than a title. You see, Esther was known as a queen and for her beauty 
and, and for my, she was a rage. She was crowned. She had her, the perfume. She had the look. She had everything, amen, but it was only a type until she went before the king and he offered to share, share with her rule to rule and reign with him. Amen. The scepter was hung out. Come on, said, what do you desire? Even to half the kingdom. Now, that didn't mean he was going to split the kingdom. It means I will share my throne with you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll give you see, we will be joint heirs together. But remember, this was only a title until, until uh, Esther took action upon her rights as a queen. She was already positioned. She was already crowned. Amen. But she didn't have the faith and the confidence to go before the king and to exercise her rights. Are you with me now? All right, now, so we are at the very place where that, uh, you know, where that we, we overcome by the word of our testimony. So Esther had to give testimony to the fact she was the queen. Amen. Come on. Amen. Amen. You're, you're going to have to start, start and begin to realize who you are in Christ. Uh, and not what the devil said. Not what your past says. Well, my past is I'm a Jewish girl and I'm a really a slave. And, uh, you know, we, we were in bondage here and, and it's all a secret about my slavery and I better not reveal what I used to be. Listen, her elevation by the marriage to the king elevated her into a position of being queen. You may have had a past. Come on now. You may have a memory of being a slave, but you're not a slave anymore. Your marriage or your union to Christ has elevated you to a place, hallelujah, where you rule and you reign with him. Amen. This is what we're talking about when the seals were open and the mysteries revealed. He said, thou has made us unto our God kings and priests. Amen. This brings us into dominion. We have received the spirit of sonship. Now, uh, first thing I'm going to talk about this morning before we go further is, is for you to realize when you were a son. How did you get become a son? And when were you a son? Now, if you got eternal life, then we always were. Because there's only one form of eternal life, and we always were. And the reason we were, because we were a part of God, and God is the only thing that's eternal. And I'm quoting from God, rich in mercy. And like Melchizedek received tithes from Abraham, and it was lauded to his great-grandson, Levi, who was yet in the loins of Abraham, paid tithes. And, and um, when, when he met Melchizedek, Way back, God knew this boy was coming. He knew all things. Now, we're a part of God. You always was. You don't remember it because you were only an attribute in God. You were only in his thinking, but your very name 
If it ever was on the book of life, it was put there before the foundational world. He knew what you were. He said, I'm not, I'm not saying this to mix up doctrine, but to straighten it out that we might get away from the fear and the scare. You don't know who you are. You're not going to be, but now you are the sons of God. See, you always were the sons of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, when, you, when God had you in his thinking at the beginning, you have to be some part of you. Your life is in you now had to be with God before there. Well, when he, before he even become material on earth, before there was anything but God, you were one of his attributes. He knew what your name would be. He knew the color of hair you would have. He knew all about you. Glory to God. God knew all about you. He loved you. Amen. When you were still unlovable. And you were always his. You never originally belonged to the devil ever. We have always been God's children. Hallelujah. Now, he says again in God's power to transform, he said, don't stumble at that word predestination. Notice, I know you do, he said, but listen, it's not my word, it's God's word. If you want to read it, read Ephesians 1, 5. He had predestinated us to the adoptions of son through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just let me break it down for a minute and break this out of your mind. Just, just as you were in your father in the, at the beginning, a germ seed, did you know every one of you, you were in your great, 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 great grandfather also, you know that? Read the book of Hebrews where we find that Levi paid tithes when he was in the loins of Abraham, four generations behind him. And when Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, it was accounted to his great-great-grandson down below him. Then he, he was then in the loins of Abraham. There you are. You were in the loins of your father, but your father couldn't have any fellowship with you until you were transformed into a body of flesh. My son was there. There was in me. I wanted a son. He was in me then. He was, but, but through the wedlock, he was transformed into a man like me, and then he became like me. And you become like your parents, see, because you, it was in you to begin with. Now, if we are the sons of God, his attributes, which you are an attribute of your father, not your mother, your father, the germ lays in the father, and your mother's the incubator that bear you and bear the seed of the father. And the earth and flesh is also incubator that Bears the seed of God. See, just exactly, not the world, how great the world is, how great is the God that made it. Now, if you're a son or daughter of God, then you were in God at the beginning. You were his attribute. If you wasn't there, then you never was nor ever will be. But because I can't bear from my loins the son of this man here or that man there, I can only bear my own sons and they would bear my likeness. Sons and daughters was in God at the beginning. You got eternal life. You say you believe it. We got eternal life. Well, there's only one form of eternal life, and that's the only thing is God. 
and, and that's God, and that's the only thing eternal is God. And if you got eternal life, that life that is in you always was. You were in the loins of, of God before there was even a world. And when the Word itself, Jesus himself is called the Word, St. John 1 and 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. There you, then you were in the loins of Jesus. You went to Calvary with him. You died with him. You raised with him. And today we are sitting in heavenly places in him filled with his spirit, sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So you're not a temporary being. The devil is temporary, but you're not temporary. Sickness is temporary, but you're not temporary. Your trouble you're going through is temporary, but you're not temporary. You are eternal with God. Now listen to this in the Smyrnian church age. He says, he says, as the eternal Logos God was manifest in his son and in Jesus dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that eternal one was the father manifest in the flesh and thereby gained the title of son. Even so, we eternal in his thoughts in our own turn became the many members spoken word seed manifest in flesh. And those eternal thoughts now manifest in flesh are the sons of God, even as we are so called. We did not become seed by the rebirth. We were seed and therefore were reborn because only the elect can be reborn. But because we were seed is the reason we could be quickened. In non-seed, there's nothing to quicken. So hold this carefully in your mind and take the next step. Redeem means to buy back. It restores to the original owner. God, by his death, the shed blood, brought back his own. He brought back the spoken word, the seed bride. My sheep hear my voice, the word. They follow me. You always were a sheep. You never were a pig or dog turned into a sheep. That's impossible for every kind of life produces the same kind. There's no change in species. As we were in the thoughts of God and then expressed in flesh, there had to come a day when we would hear his voice. Amen. The word and hearing that voice, we became aware of our father calling us and recognize that we are the sons of God. You are here today because of the Father's calling. Amen. You return to him as a prodigal. Amen. Saying, save me, O Father. I'm returning to thee. No, he's not going to let you cross the line. No, no, no. He's not going to let you cross the line of no return. His Holy Spirit will chase after you until he gets you and brings you back. Amen. But he's not going to lose a one of his. Amen. We were his before the world began. Amen. We will be his in this trial. We will act like sons. We will be like daughters of God. Amen. We will have the character of Christ because we have been born of his Christ. Amen. We are born of 
of his bone and flesh of his flesh and we're life of his life and power of his power and all that he is, that's what we are. We are the sons of God. We're born of a new creation. Now, to make that real simple for you, let me just remind you of the story I've told a thousand times. But you remember, and I say this for someone that is either listening in or maybe never heard this, but it just kind of makes the story, makes it where it's really simple to understand. A little boy crafted him a ship, made a little boat that was to his liking. Oh, it was a wonderful little sailboat that he had made, and he loved playing with it every day. He would take it down, and he would sail it up and down along the the shoreline there, and he'd take it back home every night and put it away safely. But one day, there was a wind that came up, and it blew it out of the little boy's reach. And he looked, and he watched it as it seemingly just disappeared from his sight. And every day he would go back. He would go back looking. Where is my little sailboat? And he would walk up and down the, the shore of that lake and look and then say, where is my little sailboat? Maybe it, maybe it washed up today. Maybe I can find it and take it back home. One day he happened to go down into the town and he saw in the uh, pawn shop and he looked in the window and there was the sailboat. Oh, my sailboat. And he looked on it and it had a huge price on it. And he looked at it and he said, I don't even have all the money for this. But that's my sailboat. I got to have my sailboat back. And he went home and he sold all his toys. Had him a garage sale and he sold all his little toys. And and he finally got the money. And he goes back and he goes down to the pawn shop and said, Sir, here is the money for this sailboat. And he bought it and paid it in full. And he walked out of that pawn shop and her could hear the little boy saying as he walked out, Little sailboat, you are mine. You were mine when I made you. And now you are twice mine because you are now mine when I bought you. Hallelujah. That's what God can say of you. You are twice mine. You were mine in my thinking. Satan blew you way away from me and out of sin you went. Amen, but I went looking. I came down to earth. I saw there was a huge price on you. Amen, but I paid it all. I shed my blood, and you're mine. I have paid for you. Your sins are gone. The time in the pawn shop is over. The debt has been paid. You are sons of God. You are daughters of God. Now, we're born of a new creation. We have been created by God himself. And Jesus has given us the power of attorney to use his name and to act in his stead. He said, in my name, ye shall cast out devils. If we we can cast out Satan, 
We can undo anything Satan has done. Hallelujah. We can cast down and break strongholds. Amen. We can break upon him with a fearlessness that can only mean his destruction and our victory. Amen. And I want to tell you, you should take advantage of your legal right before the throne. Let me explain it to you. You have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. Amen. You have the same Holy Ghost the apostles had. You possess his faith. Amen. It is the faith that Jesus had, but now it's your own faith. You don't believe that? Paul said, you know, I'm dead, yet I live. I've been crucified with Christ, and I live, and I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So I live by his faith. The just shall live by faith. Is that right? Amen. That's what the righteous, the righteous ones live by faith. Amen. You, you, have, you possess his faith. You have a right to it. Come on. Now, don't go around and say, oh, I, I just need some more faith. No, you have faith. Use it, Esther. Amen. You have been given faith. Use it. Amen. You, you know, it's the faith of Christ. You have eternal life. It's the same righteousness. You have his righteousness. The Bible said that he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Is that right? Amen. So you have his righteousness. You have eternal life, the same righteousness as very own life. And you've got to take advantage of your legal rights, the rights that you have to go before the throne. Amen. You have the same the same legal standing before God that Paul did. And I'm especially talking to this age to whom the title deed has been returned to. Amen. Now, in the exposition of the seven ages, which I ask you to read, he that descended is now ascended above all. And that a hymn has been given a name that is above every name. Yes, he conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he has the keys thereof. What he looses is loose. What he binds is bound. There's no changing of it. There's no conquer before him, and there's none beside him. He alone is Savior, Redeemer. He is the only God, and Lord Jesus Christ is his name. Don't fear, John. Don't fear, little flock. All that I am, you are heir to. All my power is yours. My omnipotence is yours. As I stand in your midst, I have not come to bring you fear and failure, but love, courage, and ability. Amen. You speak the word, and I will perform it. That's my covenant, and it can never fail. How many believes that word? Now, we win our battles by the recognition that it's already been fought. It's already been won. Just read the Bible. What he said, he prevailed not. It's done. Amen. 
And you know, we, we, we win our battle recognizing it's been fought, been won by Jesus, and by accepting the thing that Jesus has done for us. We don't have to pray about it. We don't struggle for it. We don't have to fast for it. We don't have to work for it. We just simply look up and say, Father, the battle's been won. Hallelujah. You see, in the faith fight, God does it all. Amen. He conquered Satan. He put away sin. He bore our diseases. So all we need to do is thank him for it. Hallelujah. Don't be waiting on your whipping because he took your whipping. Amen. Don't be waiting on your punishment because he took your punishment. Amen. You don't have to be like a child that mama said, I'm going to whip you, send you to your room, and you're in there waiting, waiting, waiting for mama to come with me. No, you're not that way at all. God's not in it. He's not interested in whipping you. Fact of the matter, you are a, a, the queen, amen, the wife of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ. And no good husband's going to whip his bride. Come on now. He took the whippings for her. Now, we got to realize God is greater than all my enemies. As soon as Joshua and his elders stood, got there in the land, and there were those five kings, you know, that they brought out of the cave that they had put there. He had brought them out and said, go put your feet on the neck of the Canaanite kings. I want you to understand this is what God does in this, in the, as people of the book, in the land of the book. He brings it where he is putting your feet on the neck of your enemies. Amen. You've got to realize I cannot be put to shame. My sins are gone. My weaknesses are routed. Devils are on the run. My past is forgiven. Amen. In fact, in this new creation, I have no sinful past. No sinful past can be attributed to the right life that I now live in Christ. Amen. The strength of God is mine. You got to keep faith in action. You got to keep looking and confessing it. You're going to overcome by confessing what God's word said. I mean, you need to get up every morning and look in the mirror and begin professing. Or you, you can't stand to look yourself in the mirror, just start confessing. Look in the Word. Start confessing what the Word said. It's a mirror. The Bible said that we look upon it as a mirror, as a glass, and we are changed as we look upon it from glory unto glory. Is that right? Amen. So that's what you have to do. You have to keep your faith in action. You have to use the word of the Lord as a sword in your tongue. You keep confessing. We overcome. We defeat the enemy. We gain victory through the blood of the Lamb and by the witness of our testimony. Amen. Amen. Now, you can't help negative thoughts. We know that. Satan is sure talking your ears. But don't speak them. Amen, because it gives life to them. Let them die like stillborn babies. Amen. We speak the word of our testimony by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word shall be established. Amen. God, Jesus' blood testifies he's healed us. Our heart testifies that the atonement is sufficient. 
two or three witnesses. Let's go back over again. Amen. What is it? Jesus' blood testifies he has healed us. Amen. Delivered us. Whatever it is, healing may be from an addiction. Healing may be from a, uh, a sickness. You know, it could be from complexes. But whatever it is, Jesus' blood testifies he's healed us. That's one witness. Who has believed that report? Amen. Then our heart testifies that his atonement is sufficient, that his blood fully paid for it, and that it's complete. Then the third witness is our mouth witnesses the same. You see, you have to put faith in action. Esther, you got to go before the king. You can't just say, I've got crowned, I've got a position, I have royal robes, we've got a message, God sent us, he told us we're, we're positioned. No, you've got to operate. You've got to put faith in action. Do you with me? Amen. And that is we witness the same. Now, so this, this, of course, when we do this, it establishes the lordship of Christ that he is Lord over every situation. Amen. We let him be Lord over every situation. God, you're God. Amen. You declare him to be Lord over your cancer. You hear me? Brother Mickey King, if you're listening in, declare him that he's Lord over your cancer. Amen. Brother Ross here, Brother Kenneth, you're, you're, you're fighting with cancer. Declare that he is Lord over that cancer. You say, I've got a heart disease too. Well, declare he is Lord over heart disease. Amen. Over every demon of the affliction. Amen. That the, at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. Amen. Every tongue has to confess that he is Lord. He is ruler. That Satan can't stay any longer. Perfect love for Christ and his word has cast out all my fear. Amen. Let me just remind you. I want to remind the devil of what happened some five years ago when Sister Karen laid in the, in the, um, and went to the hospital with a significant brain bleed. Creative words were spoken out of my mouth when I gathered my family together and I said, we will not fear. We are believers and that's what we do. We believe. And after I said that, something come right straight out of my mouth. Amen. And the Lord spoke and I said, she will be in the IC room you tonight. She will be in a private room tomorrow. And she will be in her, neck, in her bed the next day. What happened? That released the spirit of God. And it followed the words that I spoke and it began to create new cells. Creative words spoke and things began to happen. Amen. And later as she began to worship God, acting upon, uh, upon it, creative word, uh, the created cells in her eyes and the blindness left her. You remember that? Amen. It left her so much that we took the MRI and, the, and, the, and the everything back to the to a doctor, because they said she was going to have to have special glasses, took her there to a special eye doctor, and he looked in her eyes and said, girl, you are a miracle. 
Amen. And then, of course, the a trip back to the hospital could find nothing left of the brain bleed, no damage from it. Amen. At that same moment there, as she began to worship God, you remember little Drew, a little, a little boy who couldn't walk, couldn't pull up, amen, got up out of the middle of the floor and ran to my house. Amen. These eyes have seen the coming of the glory of the Lord. Amen. The same was true as Sister Lana. One day a black lung full of cancer. The next day not a trace. Amen. Her enemy was declared dead. This is not, let me tell you, this is not a flesh and blood affair. It was the Lord's battling. He came through with a victory. What was it? God had to create cells just as he created squirrels. God created new cells. The word was preached and it was received and she, it was healed her. Amen. It was faith in action. Do you hear what I'm saying? It took the word and shut the sword to the heart of the enemy. When she began to act upon it, began rejoicing, running around the building, cells of darkness began to die and new created cells began to take their place. One day a black lung, the next day a healed lung. Where's my pictures? You can get them up. Amen. You see, one day, one thing, one day, another. Same thing with Ron Spencer, laying there in a hospital, declared brain dead. One day brain dead, the next day alive. Hallelujah. Amen. This is exactly what God did. Amen. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for that picture when I walked in there. But I did. let me tell you, if I ever felt like a high priest, amen, I felt like you talking about there were, in the, when the, the, the foreign 20 elders holding, holding the, um, the, the vials of prayer, the bowls of prayer in the hands, you remember that? The foreign 20 elders that poured out in the seventh seal, but nevertheless, they're holding there. I, I felt like I was holding all the prayers of this church all the prayers of people around the world and I walked into that hospital room and I made a deposit and I told that man laying in that condition, I have not come to to anoint you for death. I have come here to anoint you for life. (laughs) Hallelujah. It took the creative word of God to create new New brain cells in that man whose brain cells were dead. Same is true of Mariah. I preached the word in that sermon. I referred to her being a woman's glory. I looked over the congregation and I saw Mariah who the devil had robbed and I called her to the altar and I cursed that devil. But nothing happened until she took action. When she took her little hairpins, come on, amen. When she took it and began to say, I can, I will, I do believe. When she took her hairpins to the prayer line and said, I want to wear these. You see, faith had to go into action. The devil was already cursed. The prayer of faith was already prayed, but required acting on the word. 
Faith without works is dead faith. Amen. Now, let's go to Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs shall accompany them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and they drink any deadly thing. It shall in no wise hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Oh, my. If they drink any day, hey, you, you need to quote that scripture every time you take a, a, a pill from your doctor. Because there ain't a thing they give that doesn't have poison in it. It has uh, evil side effects. And then the Bible said, so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with him, confirming the word by the signs following. Amen. Amen. So now we, we see here a very good principle. He ascended, he sat down on high, and we, come on, amen, we go and preach the gospel. And remember, remember message preacher, you're not preaching the gospel unless you're demonstrating the gospel. We've had a lot of teachers, amen, and they're powerless as can be. So what we got true doctrine, true doctrine, the doctrine of Jesus, it produced miracles. Amen. If our teaching is not bringing miracles, it's a false, lifeless doctrine. Now, this Mark 16, you know, theologians argued with Brother Brown right down to the last years of his life. They said the apostolic agencies with the apostles, much like some do today. They declare we're no longer in a season where miracles and healings take place. My God, I think I'd quit preaching if I had to declare that kind of nonsense. Some declare that the Gentiles don't receive the Holy Ghost with manifestation, but, but receive it by just believing the word and accepting its truth, which of course is another lie. Amen. You know, I, I mean, I, I received video clips of a man standing telling young people, you, can't, you know, Gentiles don't get an experience like the Jews did. It was only for the Jews. For in the Gentiles, they, didn't, they just received the word and they believed it. And therefore, you know, that was all there was to it. You know, the, the others had manifestation, but not the Gentiles. You see, that's for Jews, not Gentiles. But I, I want to say there is no place no place in the Bible where anyone received the Holy Ghost and didn't know it. Each had a definite experience, and especially so with the Gentiles. Let me just read what had happened. Now, Acts chapter 10, 44, so we can stop these lying preachers. Amen. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Somebody don't read their Bible anymore. How can a man call himself a preacher in the pulpit and make such nonsense? 
See the discrepancy is what it is. Amen. Let's just call them out in the street and shoot them. I'm not talking about the man. I'm talking about the devil behind these false doctrines. Amen. I pray for the man's lost soul because he don't know Jesus. But in see the discrepancy where it said when a man stands and says he's a gospel preacher and he says the days of miracles is past, that is seed of discrepancy. And when you claim it's seasonal, you are saying it's past or future, but Christ isn't the same. And when a man says he's a minister, a pastor of a church somewhere and does not believe that Jesus Christ is the same in every detail except the physical body, the same yesterday, today, and forever, that seed of discrepancy. When he says that miracles and apostolic age pass, that seed of discrepancy. When they say there's no such thing as divine healing, that seed of discrepancy. And the world is full of it, and it crowds out and chokes out the wheat. Now, let me just tell you, whatever picture you come up with, It must be Jesus Christ the same in every detail, except for his physical body. Because now his physical body on earth is the bride of Christ. It's a multi-membered body. Now, we can read that in, in Ephesians 1, where that we are his body. If you believe in miracles, let me just say this. If you believe in miracles, but they're past or maybe something come in future, then you have the wrong picture. If you believe the accounts of Brother Branham and the wonderful exploits of faith, and you believe that one day the bride will do exploits, when the squeeze comes down or when the third pull happens, and you don't believe in a now God that he's here right now, amen, that we are now anointed by the mighty angel. Amen. And, and, if, and if you're not doing exploits now, then you've got the wrong picture of Christ. You have him yesterday and tomorrow, but you don't have him today. If you believe Brother Branham brought to us the shout of the bridegroom coming, but you are not the voice of the resurrection, then you have Christ yesterday and not today. If Christ is not working in the body of his church, but one day will, but yet was yesterday, but maybe one day will, then Christ is not the same. He was and he will be, but he isn't now. Then you got your picture wrong. If gifts of the spirit was restored, but are useless on the shelf, then your picture is wrong. Because you have Christ yesterday, but not today. I know some say, well, we got all the gifts there on the shelf, Brother Jim. I declare you don't even have a shelf. Much less something on them. People don't even have a shelf for the gifts of the Spirit. Now, in Christ, the mystery of God revealed... Brother Branham said, he is the principal, talking about Jesus, is the principal theme of the entire Bible. If you read the Bible and don't see Christ, in every verse of it, go back and read it again. If you can't see Christ in every verse of the Bible, then you read it again because you missed something. 
The Bible is Christ. He's the Word. He is the Word. When you read, in the beginning God created, there's Christ. From that to the amen of revelation is every word testifying of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. Well, if it testified of him, would not it testify of us? Amen. If we are his body. Come on. Amen. Now, so you see, see if you, then I'm going to make a challenge. When you're reading your Bible, don't just read a story. The Bible is not full of stories. It's not a fiction. It's not even history or just history. It is more than that. It is a prophecy. And if you read your Bible and you don't see yourself in it, go back and read it again. You missed it. Amen. That's why the other day when I read the story of Ziglag and what was happening there, amen, and I read it and I thought about it and I read it and I surface read it. But God wouldn't let me get by with that. He had Brother Wendell come and rub it back in my face and say, this is you. This is you. You're the one at Ziglag. You're the one that the devil has stolen his wife. You're the one that he's taken her captive. You're the one that is going to pursue and go back and get her and bring her back and we're going to have full restoration. And we're going to have enough spoils that everybody around the world, even those that don't have faith to go and get spoils, will get some of the blessing too because we pursued and we're bringing it back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me take it a little bigger than that. The devil is stolen from the bride of Jesus Christ. But there are sons of God in this day and hour who are going to pursue and we're going to take what has been stolen from us and we're going to bring it back. Hallelujah, we're going to restore all. We're in the hour of restoration. Glory to God. And Brother Branham said, that's why all these added books are nonsense. There's no place in it for the Bible. People added those and got their jigsaw puzzle all mixed up. And I want to say all these added revelations to Brother Branham's message. It's just, it's done the same thing. They don't come into the picture. They got their jigsaw puzzle all mixed up. They can't make it right. Same yesterday, today, and forever. But if the thing is put together right... There is the entire picture of the fall, regeneration, the whole picture of creation, God's whole plan revealed right in Christ. Amen. That's a whole picture set together, every little crook and corner. It's just like, I, I don't mean to be sacrilegious by this, but it's like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. That's why we got pictures today that looks horrible. Say we are believers, and the cow is eating grass up in the top of the tree. It don't work. 
That's when they say, yeah, he's every way, he's every way but just of a certain. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but all but a certain thing. Then you ruin your picture. Amen. Well, Brother Tim, he, he's the same, but we're, we, we're just immature. You see, we're, we're just waiting on adoption. You know, uh, let me just tell you from Jehovah Jireh, Brother Brandon said, the very life that was in Christ is in you. Now, how did that happen? By receiving the Holy Ghost. That shows he's your redeemer. He's adopted you unto God. And now we are the sons of God with the spirit of Christ. The works that I do shall you do also. Greater than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. Amen. The spirit that was in him is on you, eternal life. He's the giver of eternal life. He is a redeemer. Amen. To bring back which, that which was, it fell in the fall in the human race. To bring back to God. And the spirit that was in Christ is in you. Don't, don't, don't just surface receive this. Come on. That ought, to, that ought to make shouting all over this church. The spirit of Christ is in you. And he said, if the spirit of Dylan was in me, I'd have guns. If the spirit of artists was in me, I'd paint pictures. If the spirit of Christ in you, the works of Christ you'll do. That's right. The life that was in him is in you. From the message paradox in 64, a pillar of fire is identified scientifically and by the same react, by the reaction, by its character and everything, just the same as it was when it was dwelling in the body of God's only begotten son, so does the pillar of fire dwell in the body of his adopted sons for the last day. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The pillar of fire dwells in you. I don't have to see it. I know it's there. It transformed me. It changed me. It took me from a sinner, made me a son of God. Hallelujah. Souls in prison, Brother Brandon said, you're a part of God, I'm a part of God, but I'm not all of God, neither are you all of God. It's the attributes of God upon us as sons adopted by Jesus Christ, which God himself became flesh. Amen. Mm -hmm. Now, so, you know, we get in a storm. We, fall, we face troubles. But let's behave as sons. We, we know that he knows. He ordained the way we take. He knows exactly where we're at at this moment. He knows what we're facing. Nothing surprised him. Come on. God predestined this before the world began. This very moment in time. There is nothing happening out of order. Amen. I got a devil to defeat. You do too. Now, Brother Branham said they were there on the boat, you know, going there as they were commissioned to go across the sea and said there's arguments and so forth and trouble set in and fear. And brother, hadn't we had that? Arguments over the message and arguments over doctrine and fear and fear mongering and 
people taken captive as if, well, you know, some Nicolaitan spirit and all these other kind of things. But we got to remember, he's still with us. It might be 2021, and the Lord is coming, nails overdue. But we were told the rapture would take place in a time of trouble. So what makes you think then that we can escape trouble when the rapture takes place in a time of trouble? Amen. You say we are opposed. We must not be the children of God. No, it's the very sign that we are in the rapture hour. That's where he hides us in his pavilion, in his word. That's where we take our shelter. St. John 1, first chapter, don't forget, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hebrews 13, 8 said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this book is a revelation of Jesus Christ all the way from Genesis to the last book of Revelation. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. The prophets, all those things were foreshadowing Christ, and everything in the book is Jesus Christ. So remember, he is still with us. Everything to the remedy, every cause the devil can start is right here. We have it right here, trouble, but the master's in the boat. I know I didn't go off without Jesus in my boat. I know I've met him. I know he's in me. Hallelujah. Amen. The master's in the boat. If they got trouble where doctors can't remedy, remember, he's still here. Don't forget, he's in the ship. Hallelujah. They should have known those disciples that he was Messiah, the anointed one. He had all of God in him. God was in him. Jesus, the son, said, I do nothing in myself, but what I see the Father doeth, and the Father dwelleth in me. He was the Messiah. By that, with that anointing, made him fully Messiah. But we do it the same spirit that was upon him, not in portion, but the same quality with a portion upon us would make us like messiahs would be little sons of God, adopted sons of God. And his Holy Spirit has sealed us into his body and we are his children. We are his. And if it ain't, we're, he says we're false accusers, in other words, false witnesses, we have been testifying of something that ain't even so. And, we, and he said, I believe it. I believe we're now the sons of God. Now we will be right now. And we're now seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We don't have any power, but we have authority. Amen. That's why you don't want to make this a flesh and blood affair. Amen. It don't take power. You say you got power? I don't have, but I got authority. That's right. You take a little policeman standing out here. He wears a uniform. His hat's too big for him. Sits down over his ears. He don't have no power to stop nothing. But let him walk out there. A car coming down the street with a 300 horsepower engine. Let him raise that hand. You watch the brake slide. He hadn't got no power, but he's got authority. And when a man or a woman is anointed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he might not be able to read his name in boxcar-sized letters with education, but he's got authority from God that he is a son of God. Let him take his authority and stand and say, Stop! 
and Satan's wheels will slide and the brakes will. Something will take place because he's been given authority by the Holy Ghost. In my name, they will cast out devils. Sure, he don't have a DD or a PhD. He has to know Jesus and what has been given his. Know what has been given him. They should have known by watching what this man did, confessing him to be what he was, the Messiah. He knew all things. He knew this trouble was coming. He knew all things. Sure, Father does nothing except he shows his son. And he knew all things. They should have known he was understood, that he understood that storm was coming all right and knew what was happening, but was only given as a test of their faith. So what is faith? Faith is the substance of what you only can hope for by your senses. You look at symptoms and you hope they will get better. Are you with me? But faith is the substance of what you are only hoping for. Brother Branham said that about faith, he said, it's not what you can imagine. It's as real as any other sense of your body will declare anything else. It's as real as my eyes that says, this is a piece of paper. It's as real as it says, that's a light. It's just as real as to say, I can feel my coat. It's just as real as I can say, I can hear a baby talking here, music playing. It's as real as I can taste anything in my mouth. It's that real. Only you can't show it to somebody else. Amen. You have it alone. It's yours. Faith is the substance. It's not a myth. Amen. Notice something that you possess, not imagination. If you really happen, it's just as real to you as any other thing could be. It's just as real as you know you're riding in an automobile. It's just as real as you know you're sitting in church. It's just as real as you can hear my voice. It's a substance, not an imagination, not an emotion, but something you have, and it comes to you by hearing the Word of God. Not surface reading, hearing the word of God. And that only faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. That puts it back to where your faith then is not in some individual. Well, when Brother Branham comes back, we'll have this. If Brother Tim would fast and pray, if he would go down to his barn and pray, I know God would hear me. No, no, no. You see, it's not in a man. It's not in an organization. It's not in a group of people. It's in God because God is the word. Your faith is not because Brother Tim's a holy man or Brother Branham was a prophet, but because it's God's word. Now, you have to know it's more, it's more than just a sickness you're dealing with. You are fighting not a flesh and blood affair. You're fighting something that doctors can't name. It's a battle against spirits. So well, the doctor said, gave it this name. Well, let's say just cancer. He gave it cancer, heart trouble. Well, that's not what we're battling against. I'm not battling against the cancer. 
I'm not battling against the heart trouble. I'm not battling against the brain bleed and damaged brain cells. I'm battling against the spirit. Are you with me? Now, Brother Branham said, and how can I overcome? You've got to know he's a devil. Now, that's the first thing is identifying what you're dealing with. You've got to realize it's a debt, a tormentor. Amen. You can't say, I got a sickness and I don't believe it's a sickness. Oh, yeah. Brother Brandon said, it is a sickness. You got cancer and you don't believe it's a cancer. It is a cancer. It is a cancer. But remember, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You must realize the Holy Spirit that's in you has already overcome this thing. And he that's in you, you can overcome by him. And that's exactly sensible, exactly the way the scripture is written. Now, okay, so, you know, too often people approach things insensibly. It's thought that faith is denying the existence of cancer or sickness. That's not faith. That's not even sensible. It's pretty ignorant to do that. Amen. You're only pretending. Are you with, You're putting your head in the sand like an ostrich, pretending nothing's happening. Oh, no, something's happening. True faith, now listen to me, true faith can see the cancer or the sickness and yet confess that greater is he that is in you than the power of that sickness. You must realize that the Holy Spirit is in you has already overcome this thing. And he that is in you, and he is in you, and you can overcome by him. By my God. I'll run through a troop of death and leap over the wall from this natural into the supernatural where all things are possible. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this is the true reality of faith. It's not a denial of circumstances, but the declaration that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the circumstances. You see, circumstances are, are not just circumstances. They're a devil a demon, an evil one in the circumstances. Are oh, you with me? They couldn't go out there in the, with Jesus in the boat and say, there's no storm. Peter, do you see a storm? No, I don't see a storm. What was, what was that you heard? Well, it wasn't lightning because we're not in the storm. No, no, no. You know, we're not in the storm. This is no storm. This is absolutely no storm. We're not in no storm. No, they had to realize there's a devil in the storm, and we need to wake Jesus that's in our boat. I know he's in my boat. Watch out, devil, because this storm is only going to wake the Jesus in me. Watch out. Amen. Be careful, Satan. Amen. Like when they, when they, the Japs, when they came and, and they, they came and bombed Pearl Harbor, and that admiral, as he, one of them said, I fear that we have awakened a sleeping giant. And I tell you, that's all the devil can do to us. 
And my, whether, whether my life stays in this dimension or changes dimension, it ain't going to change my preaching one bit because there's a Jesus in me, amen, that's going to give the devil a working over. Hallelujah. Amen, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Faith is the evidence. When your, when your sight declares something different, faith is the evidence. When your sight says something, you know, it's hopeless. Faith says God is still God and he's our hope. When the doctor says, run out of hope and can't help you no more, our faith says God is still God, and he is our hope. Oh, yeah. Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, Brother Kalen shared with me this, this uh, amplified version this week. He said, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, or the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Amen. So faith is the title deed of what has been divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen is the conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced with physical senses. For this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. So again, faith is. Now watch. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is, not faith was, or faith is going to be. Faith is always now. Faith is the evidence of what we cannot see with our natural eyes, but it catches the vision of a perfectly well person and walks into the vision until the vision is produced by your faith in God's word has become manifest. Hallelujah. Amen. So we, we set a vision. That's what I've been doing with Sister Karen. Let the weak say, I am strong. I'm set before a vision of a strong, healthy woman. Amen. That can be a mother, a grandmother. Amen. Come on. She's always given her daughters, uh, children, when they were born, their, their, their first bath. Always gave her for the first bath. It's just kind of been the tradition that the girls passed on to their mom. Mom, come give the baby her, the first bath. And I'm holding there, and I said, Karen, you got to live. You gotta, you gotta exercise your faith, Amen. Esther's gonna have a baby, and you've got to be able to give its first bath. Yeah. Hallelujah! You say, "Well, brother Tim, do you have a vision? Do you have a word?" Listen, I've got promises right here in this Bible that the barren woman will rejoice as a mother with children in her house. Amen. That's not only for you. That is for you, Candace. That's for every other. Hey, that's for the barren church. Amen. That's for the backslidden barren church who's given up on the promise. Amen. God's going to bring seed in this age. He's going to bring a bride without spot or wrinkle. And she will be a fruitful husband. Bride with tongue speaking, Acts 2:38, blabbering, screaming, youngins. 
Hallelujah. Amen. If you think the level of noise is bad now, just wait until we see more victory. Amen. We're rejoicing now, but just wait until we come back with the triumph, showing the evidence of our battle. Amen. Oh, he will restore all. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I am rich. You are of God, little children, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you have overcome them. Hallelujah. I'm almost through. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than that wheelchair. Greater is he that is in you than that hospital bed. Greater is he that is in you than that cancer. Greater is he that is in you than that affliction. Greater is he than anything the devil could put upon you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He is in us. That's the Christ. He was a conqueror over every enemy. Amen. When he's here on earth, he conquered sin. He conquered sickness. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. And he lives in us as a mighty conqueror. Hallelujah. Amen. He's not a dead God. He's a living God. Hallelujah. Let me declare that not only is he risen, Listen, the Baptist church right down from me, I've said it before, but they won't take their sign down, so I'll say it again. They say we preach Christ and him crucified. I say we have preached Christ that was crucified, but he raised from the dead. He ascended on glory. He's at the right hand of the Father, and I'm sitting with him, raised in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now I'm possessing the gate of the enemy. Brother Bradham said, you don't have to conquer. It's already been conquered. He conquered the gates of sickness. What did he do? He conquered the gates of sickness in the world. Whatever you ask on earth, whatever you bind on earth, he would bind it in heaven. He gave his keys to the gate. Come on. I loved what Brother Timothy said Wednesday night. Amen. When he said the gates of hell would not prevail against us. It means then that Satan and his walls are all shut up. And they are on the defense. And it means we are on the offense. Hallelujah. We're not here defending ourselves and defending our position. We're on the offense this morning. Gates of hell give way to the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are the Samson that take the gates down. Come on. We have been anointed to tear Satan's kingdom down. Amen. He's already conquered and he said, now we are defeating with, we are dealing with a defeated enemy. Sickness is defeated. Death is defeated. Hell is defeated. Everything is defeated. He said, my, I wish I was twice my size because I could feel twice as good. 
Amen. We're disputing with a conquered enemy. Hallelujah. You see, God revealed himself in Christ. But that's not where he's revealing himself now. He's revealing himself in you, his bride. Amen. This is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. Now listen, how has the devil lied to us? How the devil has lied. Put up John 14, 12. Just put that up. Just hold it up for a little while. Theologians come along with their little nugget books. Cutting and pasting. Taking what they had faith to believe and what they didn't have faith. Listen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Now, theologians want to say, but that was only for Brother Branham. You said, it said, you know, he, he, that the works that I do shall he do also. See, it's singular. And so it was he that believeth on me. The works that I do shall he do also. So Brother Branham was, you know, singular, he. It's just, that's just for Brother Branham. Now, in Christ the mystery of God revealed, Brother Brandon said, the Bible said he's the same. Now, let me stop here. You see, what happens is that gets the picture of the puzzle all mixed up. That puts it in Brother Branham, not in Christ. That puts Christ yesterday and not today. The Bible said he is the same, St. John 14, 12. He, he, anybody. I'm quoting your prophet. Christ the mystery. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Well, that was for another age. Oh. You see, good for the prophet, but not for us, Brother Tim. It's another age now. We're, we're in another age. It's another season. It's another time. You know, it's, you know, the, you know the, that was in a time when miracles was happening and signs was following. And, you know, but that's not today, you see. That was yesterday, and that was only for God's prophet. He, he does the work. He that believeth on me. Brother Branham said, he, anybody. Let me read it the way Brother Branham said it. Anybody that believeth on me, the works that I do shall anybody do also. And greater works than these shall anybody do because I'm going to my father. Hallelujah. And because I went to my father, you are ruling with me as a queen. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. What you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Hallelujah. Then I'm going to start releasing blessings and glory and honor and power. I'm going to start releasing healing and deliverance. Amen. Now, he says, let me read it in context again. The Bible said he's the same. Now, listen, I'm quoting from Christ the mystery because I just had a dream here recently where I was preaching meetings. Brother Timothy and I were going to go preach meetings together, and I had laid out a gun to take with me, and it just was a perfect fit. I mean... You know, I'm, I'm a little smaller than most of you, me and Brother Tom. 
and, and our arms is not quite as long. And, you know, some of these great big long guns, you know, you, you, you have to put over your shoulder or just barely kink it and, you know, but this one just fit me. I could, I could bring it up like that and I could, I could just point and shoot. And I was, I was there, laid out this gun and I said, I'm going to preach this meeting. I'm taking this weapon with me. Someone said, oh, you need to take something else. I said, no, this one, I know it's pattern. I know how it'll hit. I said, every bit of it will hit the target. I know it's pattern right. I said, I can just, I, I can just pick it up and just point it and I can shoot it. And I said, I'm loading it with Christ the mystery of God revealed. And show us the Father. Because you see, it's the same thing. It's the same word. And if you go, you want to do a great study, go listen to those sermons. Show us the Father. Because he said God revealed himself in the universe. God in his, son, God in his word. God in his son. Now God in his people. This is what Brother Branham was preaching. You know, all that God was, he pours into Christ. All that Christ was, he pours into the church. The Bible said he's the same. St. John 14, 12. He, anybody, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Well, that was for another age. There you got your picture wrong again. You got a man fishing out in the desert for fish in a bunch of hot sand where there's no fish at all. See, you got to bring him back to where he's fishing at Galilee where there's plenty of fish. And you've got to make the picture look right. It's got to be God's great picture. And there's only one way you'll see it. That's when you see Jesus Christ. That's the entire, there's the entire Bible. He's the principal theme of the Bible. So don't get him out in the desert. Get your picture right where there's plenty of fish. There's plenty of miracles. There's plenty of healing. There's plenty of delivery. There's plenty of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He's the principal theme of the Bible. He was in the prophets. He was in the Psalms. He was in the history of the Bible. The Bible's prophetic book is a historical book. It's a book of love. It's a book of songs. It's a book of life. And then there you find Christ. He was in the prophets. He was in the Psalms. He was in the history. And also in the Bible is the things that is to come. He was before until after. What does it make him then? The same yesterday, today, and forever. And you inject something in there that doesn't make him the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Lee, where do you go to? You got an awful picture there. For he was the history. He is the prophet. He is the Psalms. He is everything. And if you can't make him everything and the same, then where, what will your picture look like? You see it? He is the thing. He was the prophet. He was in them. He was in the Psalms. He was in the, same, in the things to come, in the history, in the, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 and 8, Brother Timothy's been preaching on. He should be the principal if that's what he is, and we believe it, don't we? Amen. Amen. Then if he is that, then he should be the principal theme of our talking, our thinking, our singing, our walks. He should be the principal theme of our life. If he's the principal theme of the Bible and the Bible is in us, he should be the principal theme of everything we do and say should be Christ. Is that right? So it should be our theme. Now let me just say, not just Christ or the Christ of yesterday, the man of Galilee, but Jesus Christ the same. 
not the anointed of yesterday. Oh, wow. He was really certainly with Brother Branham. What a shame. We message people have made this about Brother Branham. It's Jesus Christ the same. Hebrews 13 and 8, Peter, uh, Paul speaking to the Jews, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He must be the principle, the same in power, the same in everything he was. He must be the same today. His power is the same. His life is the same. And if a man, oh, now, hold your seatbelts in. I'm not quite through. Listen to me now. Get your seatbelts on. This is going to be rough. I'm going to quote you Brother Bannon's words. This is from Christ of Mystery. If a man says he's born again and tries to place these promises in this last day to some other age, making him Christ yesterday but not today, then that man or that person has been in a delusion by Satan. And if that man says he believes it, oh, I believe it's the same. Yeah, Brother Jim, I believe in healing. Yeah, we believe in miracles. And it doesn't manifest through him. Come on now. Now, we know that's among believers, right? Amen. These signs should follow them that believe. In other words, this will be among believers. Not necessarily that every person does all of those things like casting out devils or having gifts of healings and miracles, but that's in the midst of believers. And if a man says he doesn't believe that, he believes that, and it doesn't manifest into itself through him. Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe in all the world to every age casting out devils and speaking with tongues and all these great manifestations of gifts that would follow that they shall, not that they may be, they're up to, they will, and heaven and earth will pass away, but his word won't. I want to preach this morning and say, now we are the sons of God. Not we shall be, but we are now. Hallelujah. We're not waiting on our adoption. We have been adopted. We have been placed by his side. We are ruling and reigning with him. We have authority which we rule with. We are a people of the book that is ordained to be a book of action of the Holy Ghost people. Let the musicians come. We're not a people of the failures of the past. We have been prophesied not to fall. Don't preach me to a book of Acts where that every, you know, and, and spell out all their failures. We have been predestinated not to fall. They were predestinated to go back into the ground and be planted and come up with Luther Wesley to another crop. Don't preach me a church of failures. Don't point to me of all of the false doctrines and the troubles and the persecution and heartaches. Don't point that to me. Point to me the acts of the Holy Spirit. We have been prophesied to write 
another book of the actions of the Holy Ghost. And there's a chapter in there called Evening Light Tabernacle. A part of the bride who does exploits. Hallelujah. A people in the midst of troubles. A people who were human. And there were plenty of problems. But a people who said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Let us be glad and rejoice, little children. His bride has made herself ready. Put on this word. Look in the Bible. Put on the righteousness of Abraham, the faith of Abraham. See yourself in the promise. See yourself in David. See yourself in the Psalms. See yourself in the Scripture. And if you don't, go back and read it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something that wells up inside of me today. I wish I didn't have to stop preaching. I wish I didn't. I wish I could just preach on. I'm going to be walking out of this pulpit, jumping in the car. i got just a small window to be able to see my wife. Visiting hours is over now at 5. And they didn't open up till 1. But you see, i got a responsibility. i got a responsibility to tell the world Jesus Christ is the same. We're not backing down. We are not retreating. We are taking this battle to the enemy. Amen. It's time for every one of you. Get your sword out of your sheath. Fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on your promise. And claim the victory for you and your children. God bless you.
Oh.